play clock at two. Matthews got it. Blitz comes. They pick it up. Stafford throws. It is end zone. Caught! Oh, baby, what a catch! Kenny Galladay, you're a freak! What a catch! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Oh, he laid out and hauled that one in. How big is that? Back sets, looks, throws. He's got Golden Tate who makes the catch inside the 15, inside the 10, and he's breaking away. He's into the end zone. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Motor City Showtime podcast. Episode three. I'm your host, Dylan Stever, alongside my good friend Barry Hoffmeyer. What up, what up? And we got ourselves a good old fashioned victory Sunday. I mean, Barry, you know what day it is? I know what day it is. You sure you know what day I, it is? You know what? Maybe I don't. Maybe, maybe. Uh oh. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? It's a victory fucking Sunday. Victory Sunday, baby. Let's go. Victory Screech! Okay, so I know I I mean I'm still fucking jittery from from what I just watched. I mean I've never I, I my, my blood pressure was I, I'm gonna die by the time I'm 36 being a Lions fan. My heart can't take it. I just all them comebacks Stafford had all them years ago, and it seems like every time we're down, he needs no time to move the ball down the field. I mean, I was just watching it and I was like, "Oh, you done fucked up, Atlanta." <laughs> he did it. He he did it twice. He did it at, right before half, and he did it. Yep. But I mean, Stafford looked phenomenal day too, though, to where he was like vintage, like I'm gonna come back, vintage comeback Stafford, where he's gonna drive down the field. Where everybody complaining the first few weeks about him, you know, overthrows and underthrows a little bit and stuff like this. This was the Matthew Stafford that we seen last year before the broken back, and God, it feels good to have. <laughs> Number nine back there, just doing whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, I mean, shout out to to Todd Gurley for scoring that touchdown hey, for us. I mean, Todd all, Gurley gets a game ball today. All, all you had to do was, <laughs> all, literally, all you had to do was take a knee. When when it was happening, I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, they're gonna pull the Green Bay card. He's gonna go down. He's gonna slide, or he's gonna fall down at the two. They're gonna knee it, knee it, spike the ball. There's two seconds left or whatever. Two seconds and... left. Kick it. Game well, they had a timeout too. All right, they would they would need it, need it timed yeah. out with you with know whatever. No, with what two seconds, two and seconds, whatever it is. Shout out to Todd Gurley. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I don't know what he was thinking. If you watch it, the Lions dude like wraps him, but then lets him go. It was Amani. Amani was like maybe he thought like he was trying to tackle right. him anyways, and he's put a little extra effort into it, and then he was like, oh no. And he kind of looked up. In. Yeah, he looked up. He was on the goal line, tried to stop himself, and fucking. The yeah. ball barely crossed the plane, and I was like, "It's a touchdown!" I started freaking out. Fucking, you got uh Jamie Collins throwing, rooting for the touchdown sign. <laughs> he's, he literally, he's, he's, I've never seen a defender like <laughs> he's in. Give it to him, Golden Tate. That was for you. How the turntables? How the turntables? <laughs> Fucking, uh, I, 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 I still can't believe they, they scored that because like they get that first down. I'm like, game's over. They're they're gonna they're taking it. Yeah. We had no timeouts left. They yeah. honestly could have got. They didn't have to run that play to Todd Gurley. They could have if they wanted to. Just just started, started right, it, yeah, right started there. there. It was first down. But and Todd Gurley just hey. takes it, whatever 10, 12 yards it was into the end zone, and it's we got a we got a minute five for Stafford to 
And then the announcers were kind of doing the same thing too. They were like, oh, a minute five, that's too much time for Stafford, that kind of thing where we've seen him. Obviously, he has whatever amount of game-winning it's, it's comebacks. It's 30 fourth-quarter comebacks now. I think it said 36 or 38 I think it was, yeah. game-winning drives yep. is what he has in his career now, which is just crazy how many fourth quarter and comeback wins that he has. Now. I mean, you got to think fucking 12 of them came in fucking one year. It was, was that 2014 season where our defense was really good. It was, it was eight, wasn't it? It was, like, like, it was eight. Or it was, eight it was, eight or it was almost double digit fourth quarter. That comebacks. was the year he broke his index finger and he yep, made it yep. against the bears. Yep. Yep. That year. So, yeah. And so shout out to him, man. Matthew <laughs> Stafford was balling today. I mean, and like we said, uh, on Tuesday, they need to pay the man as soon as possible. Kenny G has to get paid, or he is going to take us to the bank with the way he was, he's playing. He was fucking ridiculous today. He was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, six targets, all six were catches, all six were contested catches, and I think it was, what, 100 and, 114 yards for 19-yard 19, 19 average. I mean, anything Stafford threw up, Kenny Galladay came down with it. I mean – I, it was it was unbelievable. It was he would just Stafford would just I mean give Stafford credit too because he would put the ball where only Kenny Galladay could get it, oh, yeah. and with Kenny Galladay being the freak that he is, came down with all six balls. The most impressive catch he had today was when he had his back turned and he kind of had to jump and he gets hit in the air yeah. right in the center of his yep. back and he holds on to the and ball he and holds on to it. Plus, everybody wants to like no disrespect to TJ, great play in the end zone. If Kenny Galladay doesn't catch that piss missile over the middle, oh yeah, to set it up at like the whatever that was, I think we're on like the five or the seven, something like that. If he doesn't catch that ball, it's, it doesn't happen because we only have three seconds yep. and we're at the like thirty-five. Then you're just dropping eight people in the end zone if you're Atlanta. So and what it kind of looked like he didn't catch it too. It kind of looked like the ball hit the ground, and right. luckily they can't review that play because the Lions go up and spike the ball. That plays over. You can't review that anymore. If they have like a timeout there and they take a timeout, I think they did review that play because they ran. Well, up. No, I think they they were reviewing something else. Because I mean, I I don't. It was it was all congested. Whatever. I mean, carry on got fucking ran over by a dude from the Atlanta going trying to get back to the. No, other I side thought of the that ball was a flag. And... I thought that's why they blew the whistle. I was like, all so, right, he bumped into him. That's an offside. Whatever. I believe they reviewed that catch. They wait for everybody to get set. Three seconds left. They blow it dead. Review it. So, yeah, because Kenny bobbled it, but he kept it on his hip. So then that's when they start the clock after the review. Stafford spikes it with two seconds, and then bada-bing, bada-boom. Yeah, that was – and I was like – I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking to myself, like, there's no way they punch this in. Like, this is this is too good to be true. You know what I mean? Like, there's something – I mean, they struggled all – like – for me, it's the you get the you get the strip sack, you get the ball in your own what 40, 40 ish, 45. Almost I think they took over 35 of Atlanta and something like that. They, I mean, they were stalling drives all day, whether it be on the goal line or in Falcon territory or in their own territory. They just, I mean, they had a couple good drives, but again, they were kind of just stalling out on a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And Bevel's questionable run, run pass play calling or fourth and one single backfield Adrian Peterson obviously you know what's going to happen um but yet for them to come out when there's I forget how much what was it 45 seconds right before the half when they go down the field and get the field goal 
and then yeah. turn around a minute and five seconds, no timeouts. You stretch the whole field and end up scoring it with no timeouts, but yet you turn around and have a stall worth on every other drive in the game. So I, at that point, I was amazed and thought it was too good to be true that they got down there to start with and let alone actually finish it off. And Stafford, again, that was that touchdown pass, that's all Stafford. I mean, shout out to TJ Hawkinson, diving catch, that kind of thing. Yep, yep. Um, great catch, obviously, and he was in the right spot, right time, made a play, and TJ Hawkinson's a stud. Don't get me wrong. I'm giving him all the credit in the world as well. But Stafford, he steps up in the pocket. It started closing down on him. He steps up, slides out left. And then kind of throws that three-quarter slime sidearm dot into TJ Hawkinson right on the money. Game over. Fucking Danny's going crazy in the end zone. Gets us that personal foul, but <laughs> it all ends up working out. Prater hits the whatever 41. You know, now that I, re- I rewatched that replay a few times of after Hawkinson catching the ball, Danny definitely takes his helmet off. Mm-hmm. There's an Atlanta player who with his helmet off also yelling at yeah. TJ Hawkinson for something. Yeah. I don't know what he was doing, but... Um, he should have just flipped him the bird. He should have started doing the dirty bird in the end zone. Kind of laying <laughs> up. That's bird. what I would have been doing. So, yeah, Hawkinson, great guy. I think all the receivers, just looking over these stats, I mean, Marvin Jones, like I said before we hopped on, I said that's a really quiet, quiet, decent day. Real, and that's what we needed. He was kind of, I mean, he had seventeen, two catches for 17 yards the last two weeks. Yeah. So it was. I, I mean, look at last year. They were the only receiving duo, 1,000 yards. In that whole NFL, they also both had eleven touchdowns apiece, which was yeah. tied for number Nobody one. Nobody ever gives Marvin Jones, I think, the credit that he deserves. He's a very, very good football player. Now that being said, he's on an expiring contract and he's getting older, so uh, it's going to be weird to see what happens. But I mean, even Danny Mandola, everybody, the ball was spread around good, which is what I like to see. I like everybody getting touches. Yep. Um, yeah, you have Kenny Galladay, six receptions, 114 yards. Marvin Jones, five catches, 80 yards. Amendola's three catches for 62 yards. Hawkinson, five catches for 59 yards. And then DeAndre Swift, four for 21. Yeah. So it, the ball did get spread around, and that's why these are more of the numbers you're used to seeing. Hawkinson, like 50-plus. Amendola, around 50 yards. Marvin Jones, close to 100. And then Kenny Galladay eclipsing 100 is what you were kind of getting used to seeing last year. Um, but again, the running game wasn't like it is this year, like last year. Mm-hmm. So you're that's kind of why we're Stafford's turning more into a game manager than a game like like make or break. Right. Um, but he still has the tools. But to do right, it that's when the, he wants and to. that's the thing where it can make him really effective because when it when you need it, he has that in the arsenal. He's not just a like Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty much strictly a game, game manager. manager. Yep. Like he's not gonna. He, it's more times out of not he's gonna be around 200, 220 yards a game. Where Stafford kind of has been this season so far. Um, but this is kind of vintage Stafford before you were seeing kind of the missed throws and you're questioning whether it's rust or back. And I think he kind of went out there and showed you that it was more of a rust thing. And that his back is like he says is hundred percent. He feels better than ever. And today was, he he took some big shots. today. He did take some big shots today. He did. He took a little more than I was wanting him to. Yeah. Um, But again, he hung in there tough and he played very well. I mean, 25 of 36, 340 yards. I hope this game, propels him forward <clears throat> going into this, the rest of the season. I want to see more of this from Stafford. Not that he asked to every game, like you were saying. It, it's very nice, you know, just to be able for him to turn the ball, turn turn around, 
hand the ball off to AP or, or Swift. But it's nice knowing that he can still do this. And, you know, maybe he doesn't have to post these numbers every week. But I think we want to see the the cut down on missed throws. And I don't think he missed a throw today. If he it was incomplete, it was either a drop or somebody yeah. was in his face. And he yeah, mo- the yeah exactly. Most of the time. I mean, Amendola had a drop, um, I think, for the most part. And then uh, there was another incomplete pass where uh, there was confusion for Hawkinson yeah, like and receivers. Marvin. And they, were, they literally ran the same route. And Sta- right. You could see Stafford was pissed Stafford about just that said, one. Fuck! Yeah, he said, come on, man. <laughs> so, he was, yeah, he was... But there was that was the thing. Stafford had a fire lit under him all day today. I think he, he wanted that one very, very badly. I mean, he's back in Georgia. He's going yep. up against his friend Matt Ryan. I yep. mean, he was he was dealing today. He was balling. So that's that's hopefully. I mean, this is the kind of win that can propel you into the next week of oh yeah, like the let's go mentality. Like let's keep it going. And I mean, I mean, like special teams. I you know, like. For whatever reason, I know special teams are special teams, and some people don't think it's important. I love watching our special teams group. They're electric. Yeah. Every play, and they're they're locked down. I think they're the biggest improvement from last year. Last oh, year, yeah, our hands special down. teams was – I mean, Matt Prater is Matt Prater. Right. But, I mean, bringing in Jack Fox, an undrafted I mean, rookie, he's leading the league. Even today, dude, he was – I mean, he was punting back at the 30-yard line, and he was getting touchbacks. Dropping like, bombs, yeah. He was – Yeah, dropping bombs. And our, our – a kickoff coverage team. I mean, unless it was a touchback, I don't think Atlanta was past their no, twenty when yeah, they were no, they the didn't ball. get out past the Our coverage time. team was yeah. very good. I, and and uh, that's the thing, like Tony, Mc, you see Tony, Mc, Tony McRae and Jared Davis, both are very very good on special teams. They're always the first ones down there making hits. Jared and, Davis. And when it's like it's just it's just electric because they get up. And they're all like, you know what I mean? They're shoving pumped each other up, around. Yeah. They're pumped up. They're and then that just that just kind of feeds the fire, and you, you see that, and it kind of you just build off of it. And I, I, it's been a pleasant surprise so far. I actually like watching them run the special teams unit because it's fun to watch. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, all in all, it was a. I mean, obviously, we didn't have the big rushing numbers. I mean, I think we only finished for what? It was like, it was like some yards. I think it was. I think it was like six, close to sixty. I want to say, yeah, it was sixty-four yards. 64 and the Falcons yards. had sixty-six. But again, that's another. I mean, the Lions have been getting gashed on rushing yards. I mean, teams have been running the ball at will. Even the Bears, who don't have pretty much a like strict like running back style running back, it's always like it's Cordell Patterson and like Terry Cohen. You're right. like like more scab back kind of thing. I mean, if and, you just look at this box, I mean, it's a, exactly down the middle. Total yards: Lions three hundred eighty six, Falcons three eighty eight. Passing yards: Lions three twenty two. Uh, Falcons 322, um, rushing yards 64, Falcons 66 yards per play. We have the advantage at 6.5 to 5.5, but pretty much <laughs> like straight down the middle. The biggest thing was, th- I mean, Atlanta was w- a hell of a lot more efficient than us on third and fourth I mean, we down. Were, we were both 50% on third down efficiency today. Yeah. So, and then, they were one for two on fourth down. We're 0 for one. I mean, not a big deal. The biggest thing for them were, was the penalties. They had eight for 53 yards. So, which the Lions have actually been, usually the Lions are terrible with penalties yeah. and they've actually been pretty good. That, that so was far the, this year. the caveat of the game was the, the penalties and that, that turnover. Uh, another game of Detroit where we don't turn the ball over. Yep. Another or clean game. Or like, you know, the Jacksonville game where it gets kind of bopped up in the air and there's yeah. a turnover. But the defense, you know, I like to see if we turn the ball over, that's when the defense has to step up. If we get a turnover like that, we need to put points on the board. 
So the o- the only thing that I didn't see today on the defensive side of the ball, the defense still played a hell. Like if we can, if the defense limits guys to or teams to around twenty points, yeah, there's a good chance we win that game with our offense. Yeah, Agreed. it's just the fact when you give up the the big number, like when you start getting close to thirty, that's yeah. when it's it can go either way. Usually our offense is pretty good at putting up mid twenty points. So if you can hold the people twenty or less, I mean that I'm holding a, a team under twenty is is obviously ideal. But um, there were a couple plays where a couple DBs got beat, and I mean it's kind of the garbage time thing too, where it's like they get uh, that Gurley scores that touchdown. It's one of those things we want him to score that touchdown. You know what I mean? Right. So I mean, so I, I it's just been the defense is surprisingly been better the only difference i really see from this week to last week was the the pressures that was the biggest thing for me was i didn't see a ton of pressures and i mean we did have some missed sacks as well um but pressure i think was the biggest thing i mean julio got his yards the biggest thing for me is we kept kelvin ridley in check that nobody's been able to really do so far is keep kelvin ridley in check he's been kind of running free and we held him to five receptions for 69 yards. So, um, kept Julio out of the end zone. Julio stayed out of the end zone. He didn't get over hundred yards. I mean, he was close, but it's Julio Jones. He's going to get his yards. Yeah. And we said, we said that on, on last Tuesday, you know, as long as you keep him in front of you and if we can keep him out of the end zone, it's a win for us. He's going to get his yards. Great receivers. I don't care how much he covers them. They find a way. Exactly. So that, like I said, nice. This is what I wanted to see from the defense build from a week where you're playing a lesser team that's not a receiving core to just you know scoff at yep all right good now we got to go next week philip rivers you know it's gonna be another week where i'm gonna maybe not cut them slack but i want them to show me more and if they you know regress not a crap ton but you know say they give up 25 or you know 27 28 but, you know, we come up with a win, then it'll be like, okay, well, you know, that's okay. As long as we're not hanging, getting 40 hanged on our heads. Right, right, right. Or, you know, something like that. If you go back to the Chicago game, we should be 4-2 and two right now. We should be a game out of first place. And, you know, you look at the rest of this schedule, I mean, the sky's the limit for this team. As long as Stafford stays healthy, knock on wood. Kenny keeps getting his 100-yard games. I think he's on pace for a 1,000-yard season again. He should be anyways. Um, keep spreading the ball around. There's no reason why this team shouldn't win at least eight games. I think eight and eight is obvious. I, I, so for me, I think eight and eight is definitely reachable, and I think nine and seven, ten and six is possibly reachable. It just kind of depends on what we see. Atlanta is, I know Atlanta is one and six now after today, but Atlanta is much much better than a one in six team and you can kind of say the same thing about minnesota but minnesota got want by the falcons but the falcons are a dangerous one in six team with their their offense the way they are it's just they just run into the same issue in blowing games i mean todd Gurley scoring that touchdown the game's over if he doesn't score that touchdown the game is done he gives us they give us the green bay treatment they can kneel twice take a timeout and the game that game should have been done and Todd Gurley really scores that touchdown. It, it is what it is, but Atlanta finds always finds that way to shoot themselves in the foot. So that's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was, I was, I was pissed 
when they're when they got that last first down, I'm like, game's done. Right. Next play, Todd Gillard runs in the end zone. I said, what the hell? I was like, <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> That's all Stafford needs is just that little chance. So, and. And I got really nervous too when there was only 34 seconds left on R40 when Hawkinson couldn't get out of bounds. And I was yeah, like, Yeah, oh, that man. was a weird play. I didn't know. They the announcers were talking about how he shouldn't have turned up. Yeah, he 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 almost like made a football move to go upfield when he should have but went straight out. Nine out of ten time when you do that and turn up as a runner who's running on the sideline, usually you get bumped on the side. Or tackled from the side, so you go. Out it was of just. Bounds. It was a really good play by Atlanta's corner yeah, and safety. Yeah, he wrapped they, up and didn't let him move. Well, he, AJ weird. Terrell wrapped him up low, yep. and then I think it was. I want to say it was Neil. If you look at the replay, he's got Hawkinson by the shoulder pad. He's on his left side on the boundary side, pushing him back, staying in bounds. So it was just a really good play by them. I mean, it ran off like an extra ten to fifteen seconds. So I mean, it ended up working out because we ended up clocking the ball with three seconds left after that Kenny Galladay play. Yep. Um, but if you're the Falcons, you got to try to make that stop. I understand not giving up the big one, but you were given 30-yard chunk plays. Uh, I mean, it was it was it was the play the ball to Hawkinson was probably I think it was like 10, 12 yards. Next play was the Amon Dole in the middle. I think it was for like 30, and then yeah, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, and then and then Kenny Galladay had another big one for 30, on, and that gets him down on like I, the. I think 10. that's the biggest issue for teams is if you get in this two minutes and Stafford has the ball. And you, you look at what he can do with it. He can spread it anywhere. Who are you going to cover right. in this soft zone that you're supposed to run in this, you know, keep everything in front of you? Yep. Are you going to leave? Obviously, Kenny can go up and make a play on the ball against probably anybody in the NFL unless you're, you know, a top, top-tier cornerback. Amendola always finds a way to get these. If you he kinda, literally you, he literally went to the sideline and he just puts his hand up and yeah. he's standing there. Well, you kinda, nobody was in fifteen yards of well, him. Well, it's you're so worried about Kenny Galladay to where you you're talking about having to double him. You're so worried about Galladay, and then you got Marvin Jones to worry about, and then you got Hawkinson to worry about. Danny Amendola kind of just slips, you know what I mean? Slips yeah. over your head. You don't you kind of forget he's out there. And I mean, he only had three receptions, but they were all big yard yeah. receptions. Yeah. So you kind of just forget about him, and then I mean, don't get me wrong, Father Time's starting to catch up a little bit, but he's still able to to make that play and get yards after catch, which he did. Um, and he's kind of like a almost Stafford's like security blanket. If if nothing's working out and he needs a a completion, he usually goes towards Amendola. Um, so that I mean, Atlanta. I I don't I I know they were trying to play keep everything in front of you. But they kind of didn't just because they let guys get behind their linebackers and they were yep. taking those big chunk thirty yard plays. It's that soft zone, and Detroit ran it a little bit when On we that got last that drive. lead. Yep, when we got that yep. lead, and that's when you kind of see Gurley bust. They weren't huge runs, but no, he, no, he had decent runs. And then just I mean, the dink and dunk stuff that you know is five, six, seven, eight yards. That's the stuff that I don't like. Soft zone defense. I don't like prevent defense. I would prefer. Put four down linemen up, which I know we don't ever put four down linemen. It's usually three with a rush edge linebacker. But yeah, we actually we were actually doing four down linemen a lot. To, uh, was it the was last it two? Today? The last two weeks, it's been four down linemen, and because it's usually Penasini and Shelton in the middle, and then Deshaun Han will play that right. right end sometimes, to where that's I think is why we're seeing the run stop. 
be more of a, a factor. Effective, I mean, yeah. you you held Jacksonville to forty four, and then you you turn around and hold Atlanta to sixty six, whatever it was. Yeah, so the the run defense is right where it needs to be, and I think that's yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, it's not even where it needs to be. It's 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 better than better where than, I mean. Yeah. You're talking about giving up six. This is not like one guy. This is sixty six total yeah, yards and, and forty four total look at yards. Who it's been against too. Todd Gurley's not a slouch. I know he's busted up and he does. He's not what he was, but he's no slouch. No, yeah, exactly. And then, then Jacksonville's undrafted rookie, Robinson. I mean, yeah, yep. he was leading the uh, leading all record for record, undrafted yep. rookies, five hundred plus scrimmage so, yards. So I mean, I know people want to kind of scoff at the defense, like, oh, I was against a one win and landed. Oh, I was against Jacksonville. Those running backs aren't nothing to joke about. They're good running backs. So uh, I'm very impressed with how the run defense has been. Shout out to uh, Carryon Johnson. Just keeps selfless. Just keeps doing what he needs to do. And you know what? At the end of the day, uh, he doesn't touch the ball a lot. Once AP's gone, I'm sure we're going to see more Carryon touching the ball. I think it's also a little bit of Detroit trying to protect him a little bit. I know he's been banged yeah, and up. That's and that's the stuff. thing where it's like you don't want to run. I mean, you don't – you, you hate to say it, but obviously you're going to want Swift to touch the ball over Carryon. Yeah, but he just looks like but, a more gifted but, runner than Carrion. Yeah, he he's just more athletic. But Carrion is so good at in the pass protection, and especially with his couple knee injuries he's had in the two years that he's been on the Lions. If you limit his role and leave him to let him do what he's good at, that's helping the team. Mm. You're helping the team and kind of not putting him at risk either. And he's fine. Like he loves the role that he's playing. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's all over Twitter yeah, talking he's, about how he's, he's happy. He's the most selfless and more like most team player that you'll ever see. And he, but the thing is, it's not like he's going unrecognized. People are giving him that credit for what he's doing very right. well. And that Lions running back by committee is just it. It works. It they found a way to make it work, and I think it's really undervalued what they've kind of done this year and how they've actually fulfilled each role. Um. I do think AP is getting trying to be a little too shifty now. He's not picking a hole and hitting it hard. He's kind of dancing around a little bit where he's that power back. I want him to to pick that hole and hit it. Um, let Swift do the the, the patient yeah. shiftiness, that kind of thing. Pick your hole, but AP, you see your hole, you take it, you take the five yards, that kind of thing. He's I think he's he's starting to get into a little more shiftiness than what his game is. Um, like you saw against the Bears, he would pick that hole and take it and run with it. And now I see him, he's a little bit more indecisive. I mean, he's starting to get stopped a little bit more. It's not as open as it was. So I'd like to see him just kind of pick the hole and hit it like a power back and not try to shift into that shiftiness that's not really in his game anymore. Once he's gone, once AP's gone, next year's going to be interesting because they're still going to bring in carry on on third downs. But imagine, imagine third and ones. Or third and shorts, it's going to open up the whole playbook because Carryon will be yeah. able to run the ball on third and short, and then you go, well, Carryon's in. He's a great pass protector, but it's third and short. Are they going to give him the ball? Are they going to throw it out to him? Are they going to actually throw the ball? I mean, that's when the playbook's really going to. Because right now, like I've said a few weeks ago, when Carryon comes in on a third and five, it's like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, I can almost guarantee that it's going to be well, a throw. It's like that uh, that AP run on the one yard line or the two yard line, whatever it was on that fourth and goal. If you have Adrian Peterson in there in that single back, you know, what's going to, you know what they're going to yeah. do. They're going to give the ball to AP and try to force it in. Yep. And I told if you, you, I would like to see Stafford roll out. And throw right. Him the 
and Jesse James. Well, even I don't I don't have a problem with the, the formation or anything that they lined up in or necessarily the play. I just think you take care or you take AP out of there and put Swift in. Now you don't know what's you don't know what's going to go on because Swift has what? Let's see, four rushing touchdowns this year on the goal line. Yeah, he's got, and he's also got he's also got a receiving one as well. So when you put Swift in there, who's able to sniff out the goal line and still score touchdowns, even though he's not the power back, which he shows surprising power for his size, you put him in there. Now you don't know, you don't know what's coming. Right. You really don't know what's coming. Right. Um. For AP's in there, you you know what you know what AP's gonna do. You know you're giving they're gonna give the ball to AP. So Bevel, that, that, I put that on Bevel. He needs to stop being so one dimensional, and he we saw that a lot from him today. Yeah. Um, but he did enough to get it done. Or Stafford just did the Aaron Rodgers and said, "My headset's not working. Let me just yeah and <laughs> go down the field." So. But that that was the biggest thing for me, and all in all, like surprisingly as much freaking up and down and my heart wanted my heart wanting Exploding. to jump out of my chest and just i mean at one point i was jumping around i feel like chest bumped the wall i chest bumped the wall i'm like fuck yeah let's go <laughs> so i it was a good weekend it was a good weekend for michigan football I, fans in general michigan won sorry if you're a spartan fan um but yeah it was it was a good weekend so but yeah, hopefully, I, I, it's something they can build on and take into next week and kind of look at this team and carry on that dog mentality. And yeah, Coleman comes back. Coleman and comes back. And, Okuda, like I've been saying since the beginning, since we started this podcast, that steady improvement. Yep. Uh, I didn't see him get burnt once this this game. I know he probably gave up a few catches. Yeah, obviously, he had, he had, for me it was it was that pass interference where he had he already had Ridley pinned on the sideline. So he played it perfectly, and it was just that extra at right before the ball got there, that extra little handsy bump that got the call. But um, with that, we're gonna take a short break, and uh, we'll start up the second segment right after. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, we're gonna get into this segment of giving out game balls and kind of our last hurrahs of the Atlanta victory Sunday, victory Sunday over Atlanta. Um, for my three game balls, go ahead. My three game Fair balls, enough. I get Stafford. Obviously, lights out. Old Stafford. I mean, everything. This is the Stafford that you were expecting to see to start the year. Obviously, wasn't him to start this the year, but this was hands down his best performance. And I, twenty five, thirty six, three hundred forty yards and a touchdown. Didn't have multiple touchdowns, but. He got the touchdown where it counted. Yeah, I would agree. I would also give a, a game ball to Stafford. Stafford of old, um, he, he only missed on 10, 10 completions. 11. 11, yeah. But um, again, drop pass. Yeah, that kind of so, thing, so you could just say 10. But yes, that's Stafford of old. Late game heroics. This is exactly what I wanted to see out of him. Even if he doesn't post these numbers for even the rest of the year, Um at least it shows, all right, he's in his groove. He's not probably going to miss very much from here on out. He's probably going to be locked in now. Team's back to 500. I'm happy. Number two, second game ball goes to TJ Hawkinson. He made a hell of a play in the end zone to catch that ball and win the game. Um, and then he made a, a – I think he caught every ball that was thrown his way. I don't know who got the, the target for that mix-up for Jones and – 
Hawkinson, but other than that, played great. Um, still like to see him get involved a little bit more, but game-winning touchdown nonetheless. I give him an, an I give him a, my second game ball. So, yeah, I would. Uh, I'll agree. Great game, but I'm gonna give my second game ball to Kenny G. Pay the man. Um, six catches, 114 yards. Um, 100 yards back-to-back games. He's just a beast. The sooner we we get him signed, the better off it's going to be for us. It'll give me an exhale of relief knowing that we'll have him for years to come. Um, he's always on pace. It seems like if he keeps posting these 100 yards a game, he'll definitely clear 1,000, I believe. But uh, he's just a freak. Uh, we should be blessed as Lions fans to go from the likes of like Herman Moore to, uh-huh. to Calvin Johnson to – uh, Kenny Galladay. So that's my second game ball. I'll give it to Kenny G. Uh, for me, next game ball, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give give give, give a game ball to to Todd Gurley. Thanks for scoring that touchdown, man. Appreciate you. Um, never thought I'd root for a touchdown against the Lions in my life. Um, Jamie Collins was throwing up the touchdown yeah. sign, so I was feeling it. Jamie wanted. I was it, like, man. we had a chance. They gave us a chance, and we capitalized on it. And I think Gurley knew it right away too. So. Um, and I will also give a, not necessarily a game ball, an but atta- we'll call it an it will, it's going to be an attaboy pat on the back to Matt Patricia on that challenge for 12 men on the field. There you go, Matty P. Thanks for using it for once. I know he's not always best on challenges, but that was a, a very, very good challenge, even though it ended up being a, a missed field goal. Cause that was still the, the, good. Use. Still, yeah, still and good still use in game management. Good, that was, you know, seeing it happen. Yeah, I'll I'll give him an attaboy for that. Um, like I said, I hardly ever see him use the challenge flag, so it was weird. Initially watching that play, I was like, eh, I was like, that's like a 50-50. He was like right on the sideline, but when they actually slowed it down and showed Ragnow starting to move the ball, he was probably about a yard or two still inbound. So mm-hmm. good, good attaboy to Matty P. Um, my third game ball. How many game balls are we giving out? Uh, <laughs> well, I gave out. I'm giving out, just giving out. Just I'm giving, giving out three. three, and then I gave an attaboy to. All right, I, I did my challenge. attaboy. I'll do my third game ball to uh, uh, Matt Prater. Um, missing, missing one, you know, getting that turnover, coming right back, and then just flushing her right, right between the legs, having the confidence to come yeah. back and and nail that. Because I mean, there was not, there was less than three minutes in between those yeah. kicks. I think he strives on those moments. Though. Oh, he yeah. He really loves. And then, um, even though TJ Hawkinson scored that touchdown, there was a 15-yard penalty, and I don't know how long that extra point attempt was, but it was not a – uh, I think it was another 41-yarder. Was it a 41-yarder? Because usually extra points are – so I've been like a was 40. Was it 30? Because usually extra points are 35 yeah. yards. So if it was a – Was it a 10-yard or 15-yarder? I don't, I don't know. It, it was, was a personal foul. It was it was a forty something yard extra point. We'll say yeah, that. whatever. So, so that wasn't a, a gimme. So shout out Matt Prater for for again putting it right between the legs, right down the middle. Um, smelling salts and all. Smelling salts and all. <laughs> Get that man a beer. Um, just just good stuff. Um, I I don't know about you, Dill, but this is the type of game where it kind of reminds me of the, the resilience and and what this team can do when all phases are playing together. Defense played great. Stafford played great. Obviously, we want more rushing yards. We want the offense and, and running backs to be more involved. But um, just a good game all around and and good not to give up. 
and you know we're back to 500 and three and three is is better than you know one and six being atlanta so uh i'm ha- i'm happy excited to see what we do coming out of these two game win streaks can we keep it rolling or are we gonna stumble like the lions of old so i mean lions are three and one on the road this year so yeah i mean when's the last time we played home saints well, yeah, look what happened. <laughs> yeah, 30, 35 unanswered. Maybe, maybe Almost came back. we shouldn't play at home. Almost came back. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, Colts come into town. Colts have a very good defensive scheme put together. They have Xavier Rhodes from Minnesota is having another lights out year. He's, he's kind of a, a a career resurge in, in that Colts secondary. So, uh Colts offensive wise though they're not very great and obviously we've seen we can take advantage of Philip Rivers and hopefully they they go through with that again um, but I think another thing for me I wanted to touch on is now that the Lions have gotten to three and three and they've won two straight even though they're kind of games you look at and you're like they should win those mm-hmm. a lot of the times the Lions will lose those games they should win. And that will always bite them in the ass. Mm. Um, but I think now the last two games, something Patricia has done something in his coaching philosophy to to basically recreate a different outcome than what has happened. And I think he's doing a better job at being adaptive. And I think he's not so much on the hot seat right now as he was. I think the seat's a little warm still. Oh, yeah. But I don't think it's it's that scolding hot that it was. And I know the last couple, not the last couple weeks, but I know this last week after Jacksonville, I didn't see a ton of out for blood tweets on Lions Twitter about calling for his head so much. No, not this I, week. We had some people displeased that they won and they were pissed because they really want him gone. But those uh, those firing and wanting for blood tweets and that kind of thing in talk is I think is starting to settle down a little bit. And as long as the Lions can conjure up some more wins and quality wins, then I think uh, he's buying himself more and more time to where I think he I think he now has bought himself to the end of the season. Oh yeah. Um, I know it was kind of up in the air before just because of the one and three start, but I mean, one and three. If you looked at the schedule, you would have had him beating the Bears, then losing to the Packers, Cardinals, Saints. So I mean they're pretty they were pretty much where they were at at the bye is what you expected. I just think it was how the game shaped up that really drew the crowd out. But I don't think Patricia's so much on the hot seat anymore and Yeah, I mean, don't get twisted Lions fans. You know, if we lose every game out from here to the end of the year, he'll be gone. Oh yeah. There's no question about oh, it. Oh yeah. But I don't see that happening. I If you look at the schedule, I think that's why a lot of Lions fans aren't out for blood. Because they go, all right, we're three and three. You just look at the rest of the schedule. There's a lot, a lot of winnable games. But they're going to be games that we have to play like how we played against this Atlanta team. Good players are going to get their yards. Good teams who aren't, you know, they're not the Tampa Bays. They're not the Saints of the league. But they're still good playoff-bound teams. Those are the teams that we have to somehow find a way to beat. We'll beat the Minnesotas. We'll at least split with the Minnesotas. I think we'll beat the Bears. We should have beat the Bears. I think our defense is playing better now. Um, but those, the Tampa Bays, the Colts, the Texans, even though their record is not as good, they're a good team. 
Um, those are the games where you have to play like this. You you got to make plays, and you got to force turnovers. And they're our, gritty. They're gritty, hard nosed. Hard nosed. You, you got to gotta find a way to win them to be a playoff team. And another week of our defense causing a turnover and, and very as you can say, greedy. Our defense is greedy when it comes to crunch time and, and making plays when we need it. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm ready to see what happens. But, I mean, I wasn't wrong on my prediction, so I'm pretty happy about that. That's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> we got to start getting a – we got to get a scoreboard together of our predictions of um, – like, like our record, like what we think, yeah, yeah. Well, our our prediction. We can do like a pick them. Yeah, we'll get we'll start we'll get that going. Do like a pick them. Um, I think so. The the Lions' defense over the last two weeks have been completely different from what we saw up until the bye. If if I if we saw this Lions' defense since week one, because I mean this is almost a, a entirely different scheme. Yeah, I mean it's still kind of the same centerpiece almost, but I mean. With the amount of zone versus man and the, the mixing it up 50-50 and the confusing quarterbacks, we didn't see that up up until the bye week. I'll be interested to see what the PFF right. comes out and says. I feel like it's going to be more drop eight this week than it was against Jacksonville, but I'm almost 100% sure it's still going to be a lower number of... Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, we it's going to we be... We were still blitzing. Yeah, it's going to be... This is the mixture I like to see. Yeah, exactly. This That's the thing. Like and it's, it's, it's almost a completely different defense than what we saw up until the bye week. And I'm curious to see if this would have been from the start, what it would have entailed. But I think now that buy came at a perfect time for them to pretty much get their shit together and get everything going. Mm-hmm. And Patricia, they gave them Patricia and his coaching staff time to look at themselves and reevaluate and say, this isn't working. We need to change or we're done. We're out. Um, so this is a completely different team from week one, week two, that, uh, that, a sense so i i'm curious to see this this next bears game or the next time we play the packers i think this uh that packers lions game in ford field is going to be vastly different from what we saw in green bay um uh, same with the chicago game same I, with the chicago well i mean i think it'll be i think it'll still be somewhat of the chicago game just more of a finish off what you started not right. a completely meltdown kind of thing and again the meltdown of chicago we lost Coleman, Trufant. I mean, now we've kind of learned to play without them, but then it was kind of like, it's a brand new team. It's that shock of losing your two number one guys. Once Coleman comes back, I'm not even necessarily worried about too much about Trufant. For me, I want Coleman back more than Trufant. I want Coleman back. I think we should honestly maybe think about trading Trufant at close to the deadline. I think now that I've seen uh, Okuda. I mean, you still want the depth. You still, yeah. you still want the depth at I corner because you can see what happens. I would trade him for maybe a, like a fifth-round pick and then like a lesser cornerback because so I'm I, pretty sure Okuda is going to be our starter. Him and uh, – I can't even say his name. I'll Warrior. try. O-E-R-E-A. <laughs> Warrior. <laughs> so that – so I, I, I really want Coleman back, and I'm excited for when he comes back, which hopefully we see him this week, this coming week. Yeah, he, of, he was on the active roster. He wasn't inactive, so I think it was just more of a protecting him from maybe re-aggravating, but he should be in. So I, I, I'm excited. I think it's a completely different team from before the bye is to now after the bye. I mean, you can definitely tell. I mean, what what is it, 100 and – let's see. It was 44 against 
So it would be about a hundred yards in two games they've given up for on the, on the ground, yeah. which has completely flipped the script from before they were giving up like 175 a game. Yeah, Kamara, like that's a that's Kamara that's had a that's a that's a drastic them. difference. Yeah. So I think it's a completely different team. I am starting to have a vast supply of Kool-Aid that I'm going through now and I'm 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 about to be hopping back. I mean, I mean I'm pretty much on the train now. It's just I got I got uh I had to get an IV of uh that blue Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid. to get me through the the rough spell. You know what it was? It's I, I kept leaving cookies out for Maddie <laughs> P. And I think he started to appreciate it. So then I think Corey Elman came in and said, uh, I'm gonna run the defense now. Why don't you focus more on the challenger flags and what's yep, going yep. on. And you know what? Actually, now I think about it, Maddie P was never really that great at time management towards the halftime and end of the end of the clock, the fourth quarter. He's really pissed poor with challenging like what he would challenge. And look at what he did this yeah. game. Good before the half clock management, good end of the game clock management, yep. and a good challenge flag. Yep. I mean, I want to say 90% of me believes that Corey Unlin is starting to call more plays. I I still think oh, it yeah. goes through Patricia's headset, oh, yeah. oh, and yeah. he gives the A-OK or the no-go on that play, but I want to believe that Corey Unlin told Matt Patricia that um, I'm going to start calling these plays a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And you can see out of the box a lot more blitzing, so I'm... I need that blue Kool Aid. <laughs> I need it. I, need I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm buying back in. I'm back on the train. <laughs> Um, I'm never, I mean, I never hop off of it, but I was kind of on the back getting ready to open the door and jump. Um, but I mean, I'm excited to see, see what the future holds and where this team can be come towards the end of the season and see if uh, meaningful playoff games isn't far out or meaningful games in December is that far out. Um, and uh, hopefully they can just put together a, a good back half of the season and keep rolling. Yeah. I'm like I said, I said ten and six last Tuesday. If everything goes well, eight and eight. If you know we lose the games we're supposed to, we don't win any extra games. I'm still on track with that. I still believe eight and eight at the worst. Um, ten and six at our best. The thing is going to be is how I looked at this the standings, how they are so far. The NFC is very loaded. So so the very loaded in some divisions, really crappy in other divisions. So it's going really going to be. Um, Interesting to see what happens in the next couple weeks. These next four or five weeks are really going to make or break the Lions on what happens. Um, if we push and press on a playoff push or if, you know, maybe we do like the, the baseball thing where we sell at the uh, sell at the trade deadline right. and just try to collect some picks and draft, ca- draft capital. I think, I think they're going to – if the Lions can win against the Colts and then the Vikings the following week, I think they're, they might be buyers at the trade deadline. I would have liked them to see them take that uh, defensive end from Minnesota. They just traded to Baltimore. Oh, Yannick. Yeah, Yannick. I don't Rockway. think I don't think Minnesota would have traded to us anyway. No, no, no. That's the thing. Opponent. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. And I mean, I mean, shoot, Baltimore got him for a fifth round pick. Yeah. Well, they're definitely sellers right now. They're oh they're yeah, they're, they're they're I'm surprised. Daniel Hunter's out for the rest of the season. I'm surprised now. they don't get rid of uh, Kirk Cousins there, the Michigan man. Yeah, you got you got to hold on to your you got to hold on to your your He's quarterback. God awful. Oh bro. yeah, he has over ten picks now. He reminds me of James Winston <laughs> last year. 
literally just throws at least at least, at least Jameis Winston would throw another four touchdowns to go with this four picks in a game. <laughs> that's true, yeah. 30 for 30. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I think that's going to do it for us. Lions 23-22 victors over the Atlanta Falcons in walk-off fashion. Um, we'll catch you guys later in the week, probably on Thursday for the pregame for the Colts-Lions matchup. Um, that's all I got, Barry. You got anything else? Make sure you guys leave cookies out for Maddie P. I mean, we've won two in a row. Just keep chocolate chip, M&M, oatmeal, raisin. I mean, whatever you got, leave it out there for him. <laughs>